I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading podcast. Welcome to a Reading City Council update. For full details on each of the items covered or to watch a meeting online, visit cityofreading.org or find the links in the episode show notes. For any questions, suggestions, or comments, please email podcast at cityofreading.org. This is Steve Bate. I am the Assistant City Manager for the City of Reading, and I am bringing you a recap of our Tuesday, December 19th, City Council meeting. We had a good agenda, and, and it all kicked off uh, in the beginning with the City Council completing their reorganization, and they selected their Mayor Pro Tempore, which was Councilmember Jack Montel. In regards to our agenda items on the consent calendar that I would like to highlight, one was they approved a release for a of a request for proposal for non-aeronautical development at the Reading Regional Airport. And so we have some properties out at the airport. They're basically at the four corners intersection when airport and night and road meet. And so those properties have been, are being released in a request for proposal. And we're really looking uh, for non-aeronautical development to be developed at these sites. And these are developments that would complement the airport uh, facility and and things like rental car facilities or store retail dining uh, hotels maybe gas station convenience store those those types of items so we'll be releasing that RFP soon and looking for some good development concepts from the community and even some uh, corporate interest will probably be in that one too another item on consent was 42D and the city uh, council approved a funding agreement with no boundaries transitional housing, they offer emergency hotel beds. And so we are paying for bed nights with them. And we increased their contract with the city of Reading by about $560,000. And these uh, units, these hotel rooms have been instrumental as we go and try to help out those that are unsheltered and provide them good housing. And then also housing that includes some services. So it's a dual approach with that activity, but the council approved the extension on that and that'll get out till uh, June of 2024. The council in one of the presentations for the evening under 9A, they appointed a new city attorney. So Christian Curtis will be joining the city of Reading team as our former city attorney, Barry DeWalt, retired on December 15th. And they, there was a selection process with city council and there's also a technical committee and he, and Christian Curtis out of Mendocino County was the selected candidate and he will be starting with us in mid January. So looking forward to uh, starting that new chapter with a new city attorney under 9.1 B. This is an item that was a carryover item that came from our prior meeting and, uh, the staff are was just going back to council to con- to get authorization for the city manager to negotiate uh, housing and homelessness incentive program agreements that were awarded. And there were six additional agreements that were awarded on December 5th. So we are taking this item back so that we could actually negotiate those agreements and uh, move those forward. And so there's some there, there are some noteworthy activities associated with that between the Good News Rescue Mission and their Sober Living Project. Uh, there was also some activity to move forward with a, a day resource center and some interim staffing to assist with that interim facility 
Uh, there's also additional funding going towards no boundaries for their operation of their programs. Shasta Health Center was also funded for some street outreach. And then United Way of Northern California was funded for a micro shelter initiative that is also a combination uh, funding source for our St. James micro shelters. So those were uh, just an approval to get those contracts signed and get those moving. In the next item, 9.1C, the city manager presented the at-home Shasta action plan. The at-home Shasta action plan is actually a County of Shasta-wide ad hoc steering committee group has basically created this regional plan to address homelessness. And so there was, there's an effort by all the entities that are involved, which include the city of Reading, city of Shasta Lake, city of Anderson, and then also the county of Shasta to formalize a plan to address homelessness within our community. And so each legislative body has taken those plans to their respective entities and having those considered. So the city council considered it and the Shasta, the at-home Shasta action plan was approved. It's important to note, I think there's four different objectives within that uh, action plan. Uh, there's fiscal responsibility, homeless management information system, navigation slash day resource center, and also choice, accountability, incentives, and crime. And then actually there's a, a fifth one that is focused. These objectives are what stru- are, are the main structure to that action plan. And so when you get a chance, you can go online and, and look at that and you'll see basically this as a plan for all of our local entities to follow and address homelessness within our community. Next time is 9-2-B. And here, this action was asking city council to accept their regional early action planning program funds. And these funds were administered by the Shasta Regional Transportation Agency and the City of Reading Housing Division applied for those funds and received a award for $750,000 to help facilitate the development of a mixed-use project at uh, 815 Parkview Avenue. And there's a few properties that are associated with this. It's right on the backside of City Hall along Parkview Avenue, just to the east of the Parkview Market. We have three vacant properties there. And these funds will be uh, matched up with another funding award we received through Whole Person Care. And the, this is to help facilitate the development of a mixed-use building that will include 12 units that will serve average populations. A couple of the units are going to be set aside for mentally ill or medical type homeless individuals. And then there'll also be two handicap units, fully accessible units. And the other units will probably be a mix of transitional and permanent units and with a variety of income levels. So that's going to be a great project. We get that moving right here. Between these two funding sources, we have about $1.5 million that'll help leverage that project. And to get that project going, we're, the request is also to release a request for proposal for that project and then also to transfer the property from our city of Reading successor housing agency so that we can receive a property from our successor agency of our former redevelopment agency. So I know it sounds like a lot, but we had to do a little property shuffle to, to make sure that all these properties within our successor housing agency and we can include those with that RFP and get those properties developed. We've been managing those properties since around 2000. And so it's been a long time coming to get a good development that complements the neighborhood and also provides additional services to our community. 
Uh, and the next item, 92E, was a report. So we took a report on Benton Field, which is our general aviation airport on the west side of town. And so there was uh, some interest from the council members a couple of months ago to bring back uh, just a general overview of the operations uh, that are at Benton Airfield. And Benton Airfield is a, is a like I mentioned, a general aviation airport. And basically the between the hangars and the rents, uh, those are the main revenue sources that ge- are generated at that facility. And so it's not a great, there's not a lot of income going through or revenue being generated out of there, but we did a nice overview of uh, that airport, how it operates, the, the history of it. William Wallace, our uh, management analyst there at the airport, did a nice presentation. And I would recommend going on there and watching that presentation and getting a nice uh, snapshot of how Bentonfield operates. Uh, in, in addition to that review, we also had a request for council to consider our new fixed base operator, which the airport about a year and a half ago lost the fixed base operator. And, and, and so now it's been some time. We had to go through some litigation and got that all ironed out. And over the last nine months, we've been getting things uh, back in order and we placed an RFP and there were three entities that responded to a kind of a direct negotiation with the airport staff and Cardan of Red Bluff was the selected fixed base operator. And so the uh, council approved a lease agreement, operations agreement that was, it's a 10 year lease with two five-year options and it'll generate about $64,000 annually from the uh, fees associated with that lease. And then there'll be annual increases of 3%. We did give some uh, relief in the rent for the first 48 months uh, and reduce the rent down from about 3,600 down to $2,000 a month. And that was to help get the the air facilities back in order. And so we uh, anticipate that Cardano will start at the very beginning. Their lease will be effective January 1. They'll start right at the beginning of 2024. And they'll probably kick off with getting fuel cells there. Uh, also get an aircraft maintenance service back in order. Parts and supplies will be coming in. They'll start flight trainings again. And then I think everybody's excited to see the cafe come back in order. And that'll probably take some time. I would say it's going to probably take four to six months before they can get that cafe up and operating. But We'll see who they bring in, and the buzz on there is that they'll be, they may be able to bring in the prior operators back into the facility. So we'll see how that negotiation goes, but look forward to some big changes at Ben Airfield. The next item is item 92F. This item was to award a request for proposal for the development of infrastructure that supports a single-family housing development at 850 Courts Hill Road. This funding source that is uh, facilitating this development is actually a community development block grant disaster recovery infrastructure dollars. The city was awarded about a little more than $22.5 million uh, for the development of this project. This project is a 112-acre vacant piece of property in the northwest corner of the community, and the city has owned it since uh, it, it redevelopment days, probably mid-2000s is when it got transferred over to the redevelopment agency. And we've been looking for an opportunity to develop it. This actually, the property is a car fire scar area. And so we were competing for those funds. We received those funds. 
And we placed an RFP for developers to uh, compete for that opportunity to develop the subdivision. And basically, it's developing the infrastructure to create 120, more than 120 single-family lots. And we went through a process where we had three developers submit their proposals. We had a panel uh, that comprised of city manager staff, development services staff, and then housing division staff that reviewed and ranked these proposals. And we had, we had three of them. One's from Jackson Enterprises. The other one was from Ridgeline. And the third one was from K2 Development Companies. And the selection committee chose K2 Development Company. They had the best uh, team approach to this uh, project. And so we were uh, excited to, to take that forward. Staff's been working on it for quite some time, a little about two years now. And we thought that K2 did a good job because they had a good subdivision design that also considered the adjacent properties and the adjacent neighborhoods. They had an accelerated timeline. They had good approach to that. They also had an, an interest in applying for additional grant funds. They had a very thorough approach, strong vision, and then the overall expertise of their team is, I think, probably what put them over the top for that consideration. So we're now going to negotiate a development funding agreement for pre-development dollars and kick off that project. And I would expect that Dirt will hopefully be moving in late 2024. We have a lot of work to do, environmental, entitlement, design. We'll be working on that over the next nine months and hoping to get some work, earth work going out there in, in the fall. The next item, 92G. This was considered providing direct staff regarding a navigation slash day resource center. So the staff has been working with city council and there's an interest. There's an interest from the at-home plan. There's an interest from the community. And there's been an interest from council to see how we could facilitate and create a day resource center. And so council in a prior meeting in November, they pretty much gave staff the direction to partner with the Good News Rescue Mission and find out more information about a property that they had in escrow. And so staff did that. We met with the Good News Rescue Mission and they submitted a letter where uh, a letter in response, basically expressing their interest in the city being a financing agency for their property that they have an escrow at 30, 3145 Veda Street and the back adjacent property is 3150 South Market Street. Council gave authorization for staff to negotiate a development financing agreement that included a loan that was 0% for a five-year term and could be forgiven after that five-year term based on some expectations that are going to be negotiated. We're working on that. We'll work on that over the next few weeks. And we're looking forward to partnering with the Good News Rescue Mission and getting a day resource center. This day resource center is one that's going to be available to multiple service providers. It'll be owned by the Good News Rescue Mission, but it'll be operated by a number of, of providers within the community that will help give guidance during the day to resources for our unsheltered population. That's going to include, it could be specialized services, drug and alcohol recovery. It could be just trying to get them jobs. It could be education. It could be housing navigation side of things. So there'll be a, a wide range of services provided in that facility. So that's been a long time coming. And a lot of, and so it was good to see council support that. And so 
staff has got some negotiations to do. The final item of the calendar for uh, was in regard to 9.5B, and those are oral report on Reading Electric Utilities 2026 strategic plan. And Nick Zettel, the Reading Electric Utility Director, presented that, and he went over a number of items that they're working at within this plan, their strategic plan process, their goals, their current status, what to expect in 2024, variety of performance indicators, and then a recommendation. And so I would recommend going on there and looking at it, considering there's some good points in there between REU's mission and their vision over the next few years. And so a lot of good just feedback report on where they're at in their strategic plan. What is, how is it affecting resources that they use, funding, those types of things. So good report to go out and look at. It's probably only a three to five minute um, process to, to look at some of that presentation. After we closed the city council's calendar or the regular calendar, uh, we did open up and have a successor agency meeting. Uh, and so this is part of one of the items on the council agenda. And it was just in regards to transferring a property from the successor agency to the successor housing agency. That item was uh, approved. It also included, uh, there was a property on Leland Avenue in the Parkview neighborhood, and then also one in south of town on South Bonnyview that are both being transferred over to the successor housing agency. And that was uh, the conclusion of the evening with that. And so a lot of things packed in both those agendas. And that, that was a good thing for all of us as we look to end this year. So I wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 